11 pounds. Treading water that they drown in. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 128 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, J- Rookie Fever John. How you doing tonight, brother? Uh, doing well. It's uh, that time of season where we got to start bringing in some serious analysts and bringing back one of our favorites here. So looking forward to breaking this class down. Everybody knows I got the fever right now, so I'm <laughs> going to be mixing it up as well. I got a few questions myself. And I think it's important. We talk about our process. Part of that off-season process for us is listening to some of the greats in the industry, kind of comparing notes, learning a few things, and having fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Right. You and I have been covering the 23 class. And compared sure. to that, I mean, honestly, this is one of our absolute favorite guests. It feels like a uh, a yearly just special treat that we have for you guys. And I, I love the, the relationship that we've created over the years. It's the FF educator himself, Matt Hicks. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Fellas, we're talking about rookies hanging out with the Smash Except guys again. Like, you're right. It does. It feels like an annual Woo! draft season tradition now. So, I'm excited for it. And listen, I like the way you guys have framed this conversation. You know, I won't give too much away here, but I think it's a good approach to talk about this 2023 class. Well, and I, I think that's the thing right now is like we all had that rookie fever coming in and everybody's been talking about 2023s. And I think the biggest thing, you know, what is the you have a Patreon and a, and a Discord chat that I know is absolutely blowing up, you know, and I, I want you to talk about that real quick. But what's the biggest consensus talk right now with 2023s? Because, you know, when we were getting in, we were trying to buy them. I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I have one league where I have one through 12, you know, so like I bought in heavy. We've been pushing it hard since last year when you were on the podcast, because I, I remember we were talking about how many running backs were equal or above Brees Hall. And I think it's a really good principle to like compare where 22 was versus 23 and tonight even 23 versus where 24 is. So talk to me a little bit about some of the buzz that I know you have going on. Yeah, I think this is like the time of the year, right? In terms of folks investing in picks, your picks are gaining more value every day because we're learning about more and more of these prospects, right? We're getting excited about more and more of them. What I love about the 23 class is although we have some studs at the top and we definitely do, man, there is good depth in this year's class. Like that's where I'm personally struggling right now. Like I look at wide receiver nine to wide receiver 17 and I'm like, I love all of these dudes. Like I need the combine to happen. I need the draft to happen so I could start sussing out some of this and start, you know, separating them a little bit because it's honestly, it's tough. I get into the fourth round of mock drafts right now and there's every single time I'm drafting somebody who I'm like, they should have gone around earlier, you know, for how I'm seeing them right now. So I'm excited about this 2023 class for sure. And, and the more we get into this process, I mean, you know, we did, uh, we're going to have Garrett Price on in a couple of weeks and he put a, you know, a mock draft exercise out there with some of the landing spots. And I feel like that we've been talking about it. We've been talking about, you know, that 110 to like 204 is such a smash zone where like yeah. that area is going to have absolute studs in it. But John and I did a pod a couple of weeks ago where that second round is beautiful. Like we're, I mean, if you can collect those 23 yes, seconds, the first are impossible to get. But even if moving back, I mean, we've been advocating a lot where, like, 
If you move back from 111 to 202, 203, 204, and you move, you know, some extra pieces on there, that second round is absolutely beautiful. I mean, like we are, everyone has, I feel like soured a little bit because we're not talking about, you know, there's that top five guys everybody is. And there's that, you know, there's a little spot where there's a lull, but man, this class is deep and it's, it's, it's top heavy at one through five, maybe one through six. And then it, it just, it's so deep where if you invested in picks this year is going to be fantastic for you. Yeah, man. It's a rookie big board mantra every year trade for second round picks. And we get to this time of the year and now everybody wants them, right? But yeah. we should have been trading for them three, four months ago. Yeah. Not to say if you, you know, if you could still get them in your leagues, you know, still kick the tires, try to get these picks. But you're right, man. Every single year, top of the second round, like, People forget that's where Justin Jefferson was going off the board. T yeah. Higgins, even Jalen Waddle, right? Like some of my mm-hmm. favorite players, right on. they had an ADP, you know, turning into the second round of rookie drafts. So there's a ton of value every single year. It's the one lesson we never learn. And I'm okay. Like, let's not learn the lesson. Let's just let me get all the value, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think last year when we had you on, I mean, this class looks very similar to 2020 as far as, like, the top-heavy talent, that that deep value. And like you said, Jefferson is that guy. And there's there's so many guys I'm seeing starting to slip into that second round, especially with Hyatt moving up. And, you know, I, I mean, I did a mock the other day where I got Addison in the second round, and I'm just like – I mean, wow, that okay. that blue, you know, it's not going to happen, but like there's going to be some guys that move up, you know, where the right guy goes to Buffalo, the right guy goes to this situation, and it's just got to have that fluid process. Talk to us a little bit about your process, how you do your rookie big board. I mean, it is, guys, if you if you don't subscribe to their Patreon or you haven't checked out Matt's work, you are literally hiding under yeah, a man. rock for draft season. You need to do it. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the key to, to really – you know, being on top of draft season is that draft season never ends for me, right? So I've been watching these guys since last summer. Uh, you know, I put together what I call the rookie big board. If you want access to it, it's patreon.com slash rookie big board. It's just three bucks a month to get access to the rankings and all the good stuff, right? So what I do is is I watch a ton of film. So I have 75 player profiles done. That means 75 full film reviews. And then every rookie who's coming out, even the small school guys. So It's like 168 players on the rookie big board right now. Um, And what I'll do is I'll I'll put together a a baseline tape grade. I've built out a formula over the years of watching these guys, whereby position by position, I kind of have a good idea of what, what skills translate specifically for fantasy football purposes, right? All my process is built for fantasy football. And then I factor in draft capital. I actually plug them into my projections. You know, as soon as they're drafted, I have my projection sheet. So they go right in. So we get immediate and long-term value built into that. All that spits out a number that I call rookie big board rating. And then we we assess a positional value to that as well. And then everybody kind of gets updated uh, from there. So it, there's a, you know, consistency. It takes a lot of time, um, but mm-hmm. I've found that it's a, a pretty good process and it really helps kind of highlight some sleepers that get lost in the sauce, all the noise of draft season. Right. So, um, you know, it's a pretty cool process. I know we're going to talk about the, the 24 class uh, a little bit in comparison here. And what's great is that 
you know, I built out Devi and dynasty rankings that match that same number. So you can compare an incoming rookie here to a Devi or a dynasty guys, but I've ranted enough about the rookie big board. So we'll get into the no, action. I mean, it's something good. to be proud of, good. honestly. Yeah. And, yeah. and John and I direct people in our Patreon and people to your yours because it's that consistency, right? And I, I reference your work a lot because I see everyone's got rankings out there, right? But like, there's no consistency or way they come up. And you, I mean, I've been watching some of your YouTube videos, by the way, that YouTube channel is blowing up. I love, I love what you've been doing with those rookie profiles, you know, and I think it, it's consumable, but then you have consistency with what you've been doing. You know, there, this time of year, there's so many people on Twitter just putting their rankings out there blindly and just throwing, throwing things around there. So kudos to you, you know, keep up the great work. We, John and I want to just start jumping into players, you know, and obviously we don't need to talk a, a ton about Bijan Robinson because he is clearly that, that 101, you know, and, and I have people asking me, what would he have to do to not be the 101? And I don't know there's a scenario there. The one guy even asked me if, if he got in a car accident next week or got hit in the grocery store. I'm like, okay, chill. Maybe that's not the way we <laughs> want to go with it. <laughs> but I mean, the, my question is, how big is the gap between you know, we, we had several guys in the Patreon asking about that. That 101 to 102 in a super flex, and then that 101 to 102 in a one quarterback league. Because I think John and I have been talking a lot. There is some serious value to be had if you're not quite in position for, you know, a running back, you're in a rebuild situation. And so many people are asking, if I'm moving back to Bryce Young or CJ Stroud in a super flex, or I'm moving back to Jameer Gibbs or, or, or JSN in a one quarterback, what kind of value are you looking to add on to that? Yeah, I think there's two pieces to this puzzle, right? There's actual value and then there's perceived trade value. And I think at this right point on. in time, you know, I, we just had this discussion actually in the Rookie Big Board dis, uh, Discord earlier today. You know, what at what point is, is it enough to move back from Bijan Robinson, right? And my answer was you need a running back one, a dynasty running back one back, and you're, I need a quarterback one, I need a wide receiver one because he has that okay. much perceived mm -hmm. value right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, part of the rookie big board is we do break it down by tier. And, you know, those tiers kind of line up to how they're going to affect your fantasy football roster. Bijan Robinson is in my franchise cornerstone tier, which is my second highest one. Nobody's ever hit my highest tier. Uh, so it's Bijan and Trevor Lawrence were the two highest guys that have ever been in the rookie big board. And then Bryce okay. Young and Jameer Gibbs are, uh, you know, that next tier down. And that's probably going to be the 102 in a super flex or a one quarterback league. Uh, so it's a full tier drop, which is really significant. And I think it's important to point out at this point, like year in and year out, I am the guy that pushes up quarterback value in rookie drafts, right? So like this is with some pushed up value on Bryce Young because there's so much, mm -hmm. you know, if you hit on those quarterbacks, it's so good for your roster, right? So mm -hmm. valuable. So but that being said, it's still far and away Bijan Robinson. And I never thought that I would be here talking about a class where the running back is so far and away higher than the quarterback. Well, yeah. and we had that last year when you were on the show with, with Brees Hall. Talk to me about, you know, the 101 of Brees Hall last year, the 101 this year of Bijan, and then the 101 next year of likely Caleb Williams. So let, let's talk a little bit about those values, a little bit of comparison as far as where Bijan is in, in comparison to where Brees Hall was for you last year, and then a little bit alluding into what, you know, that 101 next year might look like. Yeah, so that's really good. So uh, right now, Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are right next to each other in my dynasty rankings. They're both assessed at, at an 8-4, which is the top of the tier below B. John Robinson. I call it league winner. For me, a league winner is somebody 
eat your running back one. You're putting them in your lineup. You're not worried about it. Where franchise cornerstone, which is where I have Bijan Robinson, is like they're just gonna dominate, right? They're they're a game changer. There's somebody who's going to come in. They're going to put up like 20 points a week, and they're just going to be slate breakers. Uh, but that being said, you know, I think Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall were good prospects coming out. We talked about that last year. I actually mm-hmm. had Kenneth Walker slightly above Brees Hall, which was a little against consensus. Mm-hmm. But if we're if we're you know comparing these guys, they're nowhere near B. John Robinson in terms of when they were prospects coming out versus when B. John Robinson or where B. John Robinson is now. That being said, you know, I think Caleb Williams coming into next year's class because of that quarterback value, right, has an opportunity to get there. Now, right now in my Debbie rankings, Caleb Williams is an 8-1, okay? So that, you know, it's lower than than Bijan Robinson certainly now, but part of my Debbie rankings is there's always volatility, right? From year one to year two, you never know what's going to happen. You don't want to wish injury upon anybody. Some guys just decide to come back for an extra year. And you have to factor in the time it takes for them to produce fantasy points, right? Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. was one of the best mm-hmm. quarterback prospects we've seen in the last decade. And, I mean, guys, it took a year and a half, you know, two. You probably we're going to have to get into his third season for him to be a consistent quarterback one. And mm-hmm. I'm not knocking him. That's the process, right? Josh Allen wasn't that way. Lamar Jackson wasn't that way until year three. So I do factor that into my process. That being said, Caleb Williams is fantastic. Dual threat quarterback, huge arm, awesome athleticism, right? You know, he he performed well in year one at Oklahoma. He transfers. I know he stayed with the same coach, but he transferred teams, transferred teammates, and he won the Heisman in year one at USC, right? So it's hard to ask much more. He's got good size, 6'1", 218, you know, has opportunity to build out that frame a little bit more as well. So I do expect, you know, if a, if a – the 2024 draft happened right now that Caleb Williams would be the 101 in Superflex leagues. Uh, but, you know, I, I do have to factor in that wait time. So Bijan Robinson to me on a one to one is still well above him. I love that. And John, that's got to make you happy. I know you and I have been talking about Bijan. He's, he's, John's a Texas guy and has been watching Bijan firsthand. I know that's got to get you pumped. Yeah, it re- really does. And I think that's exactly the right way to look at it. We've been debating this as well, kind of in our own Discord. And you do have to factor in some of that risk for waiting another year. We don't know what might happen there. And so I think it's the right way to look at it. And 23 is in the here and now. Rookie fever is about what I can get right now. And again, that perceived value that we have with Bijan. We've been saying the same thing, Matt. So it's good to hear it from you in a tier of his own. And I think we're about to kind of jump into that next tier. But I did want to ask you this because we talk about the importance of tiers especially at this stage in the offseason. And it sounds like you approached that as well. How much do you depend on tiers uh, pre-combine, pre-draft? And kind of the quick follow-on to that is how much do you adjust? Like you you have your formula, you input certain things from the combine, from the draft capital and a landing spot. But we think it's very important that you already kind of have your rankings and tiers at this point heading into this. So you, you're basing it on talent kind of the same process for you yeah tiers are everything for me if you're not doing rankings in tiers i think it's just so difficult to place a value right and we have this discussion all the time you know in the rookie big board discord we're talking about the idea of you know oh you know um i really like this wide receiver you know how would you rank hyatt downs quinton johnson don't worry about it don't just make sure they're all in the same bucket you know for Mm -hmm. now 
because there's mm-hmm. going to be so many factors that help you know nuance them later in the process right for me film is about 65 percent of my evaluation yeah. and then i do okay. balance that with landing spot right in draft mm-hmm. capital because those things equal volume and if you don't have volume and opportunity you don't have fantasy football right. points right so right I will make pretty significant adjustments if somebody falls way outside of my draft capital. But I think mm-hmm. the other thing built in my, to my formula right now is uh, I do have actual draft projections on these guys. Okay. And that factors okay. into their rating, right? Because sure. I've kind of, I've seen the NFL draft enough. I feel pretty good about, you know, being able to put these guys in draft buckets as well. Uh, so kind of a long winded way of saying tiers are everything. Draft capital is important. Uh, but it's not the only thing, right? So yeah. it factors in, it's about 35% of my total formula uh, when combined with my actual projection. So it's not just draft capital, but landing spot projection, gotcha. all that good stuff. Very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. And, and that, that gets you set up. I mean, a lot of people were saying, hey, you know, dad, John, why are you guys covering these rookies so early? And it's like, we start to put these tiers together. We start to put this, we have guests on like yeah, you, where we're, exactly. we're formulating this plan of where our tiers are. And then we adjust accordingly. So you don't have those situations where you have, you take Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who was your RB6 and make him your RB1 and make him the 101 of Dynasty. You know, it's just like, we're trying to prevent those types of situations. Um, you said Gibbs is in your second tier. Where exactly do you have him and do you have anyone else? Because I want to start with running backs. We have the biggest, like our Discord is always asking, how big of a gap is there between Jameer Gibbs and Zach Evans and and Sean Tucker, Charbonnet, Bigsby, all of those guys. So talk to me a little bit about where those gaps are and then let's start hitting on those prospects. Yeah, I think that's really shaping the running back class right now, right? So we talked about it, Bijan, tier of its own. It's really interesting. You know, if we didn't have Bijan Robinson in this year's class, we'd be talking about Jameer Gibbs so much more. I love his athleticism. I love his elusiveness. I love his vision and a fantastic pass catcher. Like Gibbs is somebody we could realistically plug into a projection sheet for 75 to 80 targets in his rookie season alone. Right. And we know, man, if you're catching the ball, you're 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 a game changer for fantasy football. So Gibbs is in his own tier as well for me. And then after that, that's when you get into like the my guy tier, right? So you could order Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, Zach Charbonnet, and Tank Bigsby in any order you want for me. And I'm going to be cool with it at this point in time, right? Yeah. Great example of let's just understand that these guys are still in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, a, a small, we'll call it a half tier down. Devin Achain is in that range. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly somebody to be excited about as well. So I'd say those five guys, you know, you're mixing it up. And those are going to be guys who through the combine, through the draft, you know, depending on who gets those juicy volume landing spots, those guys could really shoot themselves up or down. I'm glad you said that then because that's that's what we've been saying too is like I personally have Charbonnet a little bit higher a lot of guys in the John has Evans and a lot of guys in the discord have it and it's just a matter of like where that landing spot is and that's why we tried to play around with that you know two weeks ago what are those juicy landing spots for you because outside of I mean I think Miami is about as as juicy as it possibly gets but a lot of people are torn they're like oh I think this is a great spot this is I mean where do we want these guys to go you know I mean what where are some landing spots where you would say man if if Charbonnet goes there if Big B goes there if, if any of these Tucker goes where do they move 
Yeah, thank you for asking that question because I have just spent many hours building out the individual projections for every NFL team. Uh, so nice. I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks here. Uh, you mentioned it. Uh, Miami's the juicy landing spot. And their first pick is right, you know, because they lost. Remember, they lost their first round pick mm -hmm, for the tampering. Mm -hmm. uh, so their first selection is right in that, you know, borderline top 50 running back spot. So they, spot. They, probably, they won't get Bijan. They probably won't get Gibbs. But who, they're going to take Evans or Tucker or Sharp or, you know, potentially yeah. Tank. And that could be a really nice landing spot, right? So you're going to plug that guy into your projection sheet for probably 220 touches right off the bat. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the ground and then add in some passing volume, depending yeah. on which one of those guys. Um, the other one is Carolina. You know, Carolina is an empty backfield mm -hmm. at this point in time. I believe Chuba is the only running back on the roster right now. Uh, they do have a good amount of draft capital in the early second round as well. Uh, left over from the CMC trade. Uh, so I definitely think that they're going to be looking in that second round range to reinvest in the running back position. Um, and then there's some sneakier ones, you know, that push past the obvious volume. I do think Dallas is actually an interesting spot right now, you know, mm -hmm. potentially using their, their third round pick, you know, if tank falls a little bit, I, I, okay. I, think I like tank to Dallas a lot. I don't think that they're going to end up with Zeke and Pollard this year. So I think maybe one of those guys is there um, and maybe tank could end up either splitting or taking over that backfield long-term. That's the other thing I try to always point out for the running back position each and every year, there's only going to be two or maybe three really juicy landing spots for a mm -hmm. running back that we can project volume right away. So you kind of have to get creative and, and think about, you know, one, two, three years down the road um, or, you know, find a running back who's going to plug in as running back two in the depth chart and recognize the fact that running backs get injured all the time. Right. Um, so who, who, if they're running back two can become an awesome running back one, if they get the shot. Right. So, you know, even think about if the giants re-sign Barkley, right. You know, I've been mock drafting Roshan Johnson to the, to the giants a lot in the back end of day two, you know, the running back two nice. for the giants, yeah. if Barkley's back could be a really awesome, you know, opportunity you know, mm -hmm. if somebody who has struggled with injury in the past misses a few games, right? So th those are kind of the, some of the landing spots that I'm looking at for running backs. I'm glad you brought up Roshan because I, I think there's some guys yeah. that we, we talked about him last last podcast. Another guy that's kind of fallen under the radar sometimes is, is Kendra Miller, you know, Tajay Spears. Who are those next yeah. set of running backs? Because I think you're right. There's that group of four or five guys there that everyone has in that same area. And then one thing that you've been amazing on the last couple of years is, is hitting on some of those lesser known running backs early. And it, I think the better and the earlier you get on to those trains where you see where you can move into certain areas, to get those guys, I think it is, mm -hmm. is just money in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. So that next tier of running backs, I call it my flex filler tier. So those are my running back two threes, right? Not necessarily guys. If you're, you're plugging into the running back slot itself, but you know, if you got a lot of flex spots or as we know, injuries happen, right? Uh, so these are guys who maybe aren't putting up monster weeks, but you need them in your lineup, right? So in no particular order, necessarily this tier for me, Chase Brown at Illinois, Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma, uh, Dwayne McBride out of Alabama, Birmingham, Roshan Johnson out of Texas, and Tajay Spears out of uh, Illinois, or uh, Tajay Spears out of Tulane, sorry, 
uh, and then uh, Deuce Vaughn, Kendra Miller, right, are kind of finding themselves in this tier. Yeah. And this tier is going to shake out a ton depending on how I can project these guys out, right? Uh, but I got to tell you, my favorite guy, my most underrated guy in this group is Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. I really okay. like Eric Gray. You know, I think he's really shifty as a runner. I think he's an underrated athlete. He's not going to burn, but he is explosive. He has great long speed. He's fast into the second level of the field and a super underrated pass catcher as well. So I think he sneaks into the back end of day two, like pick 102 or something. He like really, really gets in there at the end. Uh, and then the other one I feel like isn't getting enough hype is Dwayne McBride out of Alabama, Birmingham. He's not going to be, you know, another another guy who's not going to burn necessarily at the combine, but has really nice tape. Uh, and he, even though he's a, a Sun Belt player, he has good tape against Power Five opponents. Alabama, Birmingham had some good Power Five uh, opponents, and he holds up well. He's got good strength. He's got great acceleration and good vision. So, um, somebody we were talking about a ton at the start of the draft process, and kind of has gotten lost in the noise here, but could be an early day three selection. You know, come April. Mm-hmm. I like that, John. Any more running back questions? Because I, I'm there's there's a lot of wide receivers. I know it's very deep, and I want to get into that. But I know running backs is your thing, and I know some of those guys in there. I know you've been moving up your boards as well. Yeah, you know the one that is getting so much hype right now is Tajay Spears, and we had a chance to see him there at the Senior Bowl, and just incredible the the speed burst. He, he gets north to south so fast he can like stop on a dime and make defenders look pretty foolish at times yeah. but I just kind of I you know I know about the injury and you know it kind of came on late you know it wasn't really a known thing in the Debbie circles for the longest time so I'm trying to figure out the right way to look at this guy um how, how have you kind of concluded you know on him recently after what you've seen senior bowl yeah he's fun right he's a super fun super player fun, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you know really great production in college definitely got a nice bump from the senior bowl uh, the it's going to be really interesting to see the medicals, right? I think what's yeah, really important I, I agree. For folks to understand about the medicals in Indianapolis is, you know, say a team doctor checks out, you know, Tajay Spears, they don't like what they see with the knee. It's not like that team drops Tajay Spears down around right on their board. He's off the board. If you get flagged by the medical staff, you're off the board. So Tajay Spears, after he does medicals, he might be off of, 10 boards, you know, and then you think about it, another 10 teams okay. might not want a running mm-hmm. back. Another five teams are drafted a running back already before they get into Tajay Spears' range. So that's why for me, I do have him as a day three selection, even though, you know, he has flashes of day two tape. And so that that draft yeah. capital is what's kind of holding him down a little bit. Okay. You know, okay. I've seen some folks with top five um, mm-hmm. on Tajay Spears. It's just too rich for me uh, with the too strength much risk of the there. other yeah. running backs. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's the whole, like, out of sight, out of mind. He's in there. We're not talking about some of these other guys, and we see him at the Senior Bowl, and then people start to get excited and start double mm-hmm. counting things. And double I think count, that happens yeah. a lot during the process. Is we, a guy you know, we're going to have the combine soon, and people realize that you know Jameer Gibbs is going to run a something in the four threes, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, we need to move him up. He's he should already be there. You know, we don't start double counting that. I want to talk a little bit about the wide receivers because we talked about that same bucket. You know, like. It, those top four wide receivers, I feel like, are, are slightly above everywhere else. Obviously, we're talking, and I want to know how close you have them, JSN, uh, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, and now Jalen Hyatt in that area. Like, how close do you have these guys? And, you know, how much higher up are they than that next tier down there with, with Boutte and, and, and Downs and, and the, that type area? 
You know, it's really interesting with this class. You know, it's JSN and Addison for me in the top tier, you know, the league winner tier. So not the Bijan, but the Jameer Gibbs tier, right? Okay, same, um, same. And, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of rookie drafts, I have seen, you know, in terms of ADP that it's settling that Gibbs is going consistently above Addison and JSN, and I understand that. Um, but, you know, I have no qualms if you want to take JSN or Addison above Jameer Gibbs, um, just in terms of I think they're a similar talent mm-hmm. level. Okay. Um, but they're at the bottom of the league winner tier. And then at the top of the weekly starter tier for me is Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, and Quinton Johnston in that order. So there is a gap between those two in the next three, but it's not a huge gap necessarily. Yeah. I mean, do you see, I have a lot of people saying, you know, like they're seeing a lot of mock drafts with Quinton Johnson, Quinton Johnson, when you watch highlights, right, has that huge ceiling, but, uh, but the floor is considerably lower where mm-hmm. JSN and Addison, John and I have been just gushing about yeah, literally how high that higher. floor is. Yeah. I mean, that floor is like mid wide receiver too. I mean, I, I think people are starting to look at them and they're not seeing what kind of actual talent that Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, people are literally just saying, well, once we get past Gibbs, we're starting to move back out. And I want you to just talk about how good those two wide receivers are because we've been trying to, you know, let everybody know, but I, I see it all over Twitter where people are just thinking we need to start moving back out of that area. Yeah, I think for me, you know, the reason JSN is my wide receiver one is, and I think what, you know, isn't really super grasped about him is he really only has one full year of production. Mm-hmm. And I love what I, I've seen from his tape. Very athletic, fantastic hands great catch radius. He's not going to burn in the, you know, running a 40 yard dash, but he separates at all three levels of the field. He separates Mm -hmm. downfield. You know, he's kind of getting a knock for only being an inside guy. I think he could play inside or outside, you know, depending on what an NFL team wants to do. And guess what folks, when you come in at 60200 now, it doesn't matter if you're playing on the inside, you know, that scene could be a really dangerous spot to play in. Right. Uh, you know, that's all CD lamb is playing in now. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not hurting him. Right. So, uh, but the thing about JSN is I still think he's raw athletically. Like he could get into an NFL offense and get coached up and he could easily blow away the rest of the players in this class. So in terms of tape evaluation, from what I've seen, it's almost equal with Addison, but I'm giving him the bump for upside. Whereas I do think Addison is a little mm-hmm. bit more of a finished product And that's not in a bad way. He's got great experience. Addison is a very clean route runner, very consistent hands. I don't think I've ever seen a defensive back within three yards of Jordan Addison, right? Um, You know, unless they've gotten past the end zone and they finally catch up to him. So, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's unquantifiable how much consistent separation you get. And to me, it's, you know, that's what you're seeing with Jordan Addison. Yeah. I think it's also. Yeah. Yeah. And what's like, you know, what I think folks are underrating with Jordan Addison is this guy, you know, dominates at Pitt, which is not a, a school known for, yeah, for passing Belindikoff, the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Wins the Belindikoff and then goes and transfers to USC. So he in a in a totally different scheme, right? A totally different quarterback. And he leads his team in every passing, every receiving category, right? Like that's so impressive. So you're, you're showing me scheme versatility, right? And when folks are talking about floor, that's part of it. I'm not wor- I don't care where he goes. I'm going to project him for 90 targets and six touchdowns. I don't Love care. It. You know what I mean? I'm going to yeah, find those that's targets. that's spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I love that. And and that kind of makes him a little bit more bulletproof. Where do you have those? I know we were talking about in comparison, you know, there's some big time wide receivers in 2024 coming out as well. And and I think, you know, obviously 22 had, had Wilson and, and London and Olave. How do you put those guys in there and talk to me a little bit about those 24 wide receivers because there's some juicy, juicy players coming up. Marvin Harrison <laughs> yeah. Jr. All right. <laughs> right. 202, super athletic, plays so yeah. well along the boundary, is fast, great hands. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be – he. I currently have him valued over Addison and JSN. And I just talked about earlier – He's taking yeah. a hit, right, because mm-hmm. of the time it takes right. uh, for him to get to the league. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. will be, you know, I think that's be right, part though. of the draft yeah. next year. Um, he's probably going to be the highest graded wide receiver since CeeDee Lamb for me. Um, and I graded CeeDee very high. You know, I had him definitely above uh, Judy in that class, which I know is against consensus. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know I loved Alave. I loved Waddle. I loved Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison Jr. is going to be graded above all of those guys. Uh, probably in that same tier as Jamar Chase. You know, that's probably going to be a pretty comfortable range for him. So, you know, we might be talking about should a wide receiver be the 101 in the 2024 class? Marvin Harrison Jr. can absolutely find himself in that place. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that's always a tricky thing. And I think the dynasty community, especially this year after getting burnt by running backs, I mean, you know, there's been we've we've understand how volatile that position was. And, you know, when I first started this thing in 2014, it was all about those wide receivers. And then we switched over to the running backs. And I think we're starting to see the value in the longevity and the, the you know, security of, of drafting those wide receivers. You talked about downs and you talked about Quentin Johnson and one more guy in that and then also Hyatt in that tier um those guys I think especially Hyatt Hyatt seems like he's jumped up more than than anybody I mean Quentin Johnson and Downs have been there but a lot of people Hyatt just keeps moving up those boards so let's hit on all three of those guys real quick and then also where would where would they fall in as well in on your rookie big board yeah Hyatt's my wide receiver three I think that's probably the highest that I've seen him I love Jalen Hyatt. You know, he, I understand he's speed and I think some folks get scared off by speed, but I'm telling you, it does not stop with the speed for Jalen Hyatt. You know, he has a great release. I love the way that he separates off of off coverage. He has very consistent hands in terms of physicality. He's developed a lot from 2021 to 2022. And I understand he doesn't have the most, uh, you know, technical route running, but he wasn't asked to be the most technical route runner. And that's something I don't knock college players on. I don't, you know, give them a penalty for doing things that are not doing things they weren't asked to do. What I do know Jalen Hyatt can do is run a nasty slant and he can burn over the top with a vertical. And honestly, that could get you pretty far in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially if an NFL team wants to play him inside. I don't think they have to. I think they can play him outside. So I love Jalen Hyatt. You know, I'm not comparing him one-to-one, but the way that I was talking about Jalen Waddle and in terms of the value that I got on Jalen Waddle, you know, I think he does win in a similar way. Waddle was a little bit more of a, of a technical route runner. So again, not a one-to-one. But the other thing to remember is Jalen Hyatt, again, has only played one full season of full-time action at the college level. I think he's moldable, and I think an NFL team is going to love him. It would not shock me if Hyatt is wide receiver one off the NFL draft board this year. Wow. that's a, that's. I, I see that would like, be fun, yeah. Yeah, that's good to look at because I think every year we see guys where there's always that one guy that's 
consensus goes through. I'm looking at a lot of mock drafts now, and it's kind of all over the board. I mean, mm-hmm. how many wide receivers do you guys see, you know, John and Matt, see going yeah. in that first round? I mean, we've been looking at it a lot in that first you know, we're looking at at least round one, round two draft capital. Who are those wide receivers that you think go round one? You know, I, I think it's interesting. So for me, I, I break down draft capital a little bit differently too. I think this is a great example of like why it helps to talk through the process, right? Mm-hmm. So so my my buckets are uh, one, th- uh, one through 10, so a top 10 selection, and then 11 through 20. And then- okay, yeah. And then I break that down because uh, there's not 32 players that each and every year are evaluated by the NFL as first round talent. It's usually between 18 and 22 players every year. So I draw that line at 20. So, you know, if I do, I do a top 20 selection and then 21 through 50 is my next bucket, you know, that top 50 player. And most, you know, my prediction this year is that one wide receiver will come off the board in the top 20. And then, like six might come off the board, 21 to 50, right? I'm not sure who that one wide receiver is yet, but I think there's going to be one. And then from 21 to 50, you know, even just looking at team need in that range, we definitely could get, I think, at minimum four, we could probably get up to six guys in that range. So that's what's going to make draft mm-hmm. night really fun. That's absolutely yeah. brilliant talking about it that way. Cause I've always, mm-hmm. I've always looked at, hey, you get round one draft capital, but looking at it from one through 20 in that area, you know, and then, well, the three different buckets there, that that's really cool. And that's something that I think it, it definitely, we need to look at going forward, John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, kinda, Go ahead. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, um, you know, if I look at that first round grade and I've been paying attention a lot to what a lot of the other analysts and scouts and mock drafts saying, I guess you know, if I had to sit the over under, I put it at four right now that might go in the first. And I'm, if I had to like, put a bet on first wide receiver off the board. I still kind of have to come back to Jordan Addison. I think that he could end safe. up being that, yeah. that guy. This is like a safe pick that I think a lot of NFL teams would, would love to have on their roster right now. And uh, you know, I think you're, you're probably right. The first 20 picks that you're looking at all this other talent might be one, maybe two, but I, I still kind of keep coming back to the Texans at 12, trying to give their new QB, a weapon right out of the gates and that'd be fun. I mean, see something like Bryce Young throwing to Jordan Addison or something like that. It so, would, um, yeah. Yeah. We talked about the, the running back landing spots, but I mean the wide receiver landing spots, there's a lot of teams out there looking for a number one, number, number two, you know, teams super needy, like the, the New York giants. And we know that this free agent class is it's Jacoby Myers, Juju. It ain't pretty, you know I mean? Keenan's, Keenan's likely a, a cap casualty and some of those kind of things. What are those landing spots right now? And maybe it's too early even for the wide receivers as opposed to the, the running backs. But it, through your research, is there any wide receiver landing spots that really would catapult one of these guys? You know, what I think is nice about the wide receiver position is there's a lot more opportunity you know, to fit into an offense, mm-hmm. there's going to be, you know, potentially three, two to three wide receivers on any NFL offense that's going to have the opportunity to be productive. So there's certainly more exciting spots, you know, LA at 22. Like, can the Chargers yes. please take yes. this wide Thank receiver, you. right? Yes. They're going to cut Allen. Yes. So, you know, How I've about been trying JSN to, to the Chargers? Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. be fun? Oh, gosh, JSN. Well, here's the thing. I would love JSN, but I am a Giants fan. So I need JSN to just slide a couple <laughs> more spots. Okay. You know, okay. Make it to the Giants there. So I, I think New York would be a great spot. I mean, geez, pick any of these guys. It's probably 100 targets, you know, in his rookie season. Right. Uh, yeah. 
you know, so, so that would be a, a great landing spot as well. Um, you know, the saints, you know, have just moved up, uh, to get that, uh, former San Francisco pick. So they get into that, that pick 30. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, you know, exciting mm-hmm. spot to be in right there. Um, you know, and then, you know, you turn the corner and things start to get a little bit thinner in the early second round in terms of juicy landing spots. Um, but I do think, you know, Detroit's kind of slept on a player who might be closer to pick 50. I know they have JMO and Amon Ross St. Brown, but I think there is actually opportunity. Jared Goff passes the ball a lot more than folks realize. So mm-hmm. I think that that's a kind of a sneaky okay. spot as well. So lots of good, lots of good potential there. I love it. The last part that I want to talk about real quick is the quarterback. So we, we talk about guys start moving up draft boards, you know, and I think you, I look at it, Todd McShay's last mock draft. He had Bryce Young going one, Stroud going two to the Texans, Will Levis going seven to the Raiders, and Richardson going nine to the Panthers. I mean, Matt, if we have four quarterbacks go top ten in the NFL draft, I see a lot of people have some of these guys late first round, maybe even early second round. What happens to these quarterback values? And and this is something where I think through the process and through the years, even drafting with you in a couple drafts, you start to see those quarterbacks. These teams really need quarterbacks. You know, there's a super flex, super shortage right now of good quarterbacks. These guys go top 10. I mean, where does that put them? Young and Stroud are going to be two and three or in that one through four. But what does that do for Will Levis and Anthony Richardson if they get top 10 draft capital? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting for me with, with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Uh, I do expect they'll both be top 10 draft picks. And when I've done my mock drafts, that's exactly where I've been sending them. Will Levis at seven, Anthony Richardson at nine. Um, and for me, you know, I mentioned it earlier, a top 10 pick is a top 10 pick in terms of my draft capital formula. You know, So they would all kind of be in that same draft capital bucket. Uh, so then it would really come down to my tape evaluation on these players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm much, much higher on Anthony Richardson um, and from what I'm seeing, I think ADP kind of reflects that. The The reason that I'm in on Richardson, it's twofold. One, he's the right type of risk to take, right? When we're talking about quarterback hit rates, quarterback hit rates are low. That's why they're so valuable because there's not as many good ones out there. And especially mm-hmm. when we're playing in super flex leagues, we need those good quarterbacks, right? Uh, so if we're going to hit on one of these guys, let's hit on one of these guys with major traits. And Anthony Richardson has a fantastic arm. There's examples on tape of him having excellent precision, great touch examples, not consistent. Uh, And in terms of being a runner, he is elusive. He is fast and he is physical, right? So we, I, I think are not talking enough about his rushing capacity. I think we put all rushing quarterbacks in one bucket and he is not Kyler Murray, right? Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of Josh Allen in terms of physicality mixed with a little bit of uh, Lamar-esque speed. So there's a lot to come. And a huge frame, too. I mean, he's coming in at 6'4", 236. The thing about Anthony Richardson is I think he's an underrated passer in terms of his ability to manage the offense. He's comfortable sitting in the pocket. And he is comfortable working through progressions. Does he need to develop? Yes, significantly. Does he have decision-making issues? Yes, significantly. But those are things that, you know, that we're expecting him to develop through a redshirt year in the NFL, which I do think if he lands with Carolina, which is where I expect him to land, he will go there. It wouldn't shock me if the Colts pulled the trigger on him at four or wherever they end up picking two. So it'll be interesting to see, 
you know, kind of exactly how that plays out. Uh, but I am much higher on Anthony Richardson. And in terms of ADP, I think right now he's settled into 107, the mm-hmm. highest player not in that top tier of guys we've been talking about. But I could see him breaking in there, you know, pushing Addison or even JSN down the board to get us a little bit more value. I like that. I, the other Will Levis is a little bit more polarizing. John, I know, you know, a lot of I'm looking at, at Matt, your ADP from your Discord has him at 206, and I, I keep seeing him in that range. Again, if he goes top 10, I mean, are people going to start pushing him into that that late first? And is that is that is that reaching for you guys, John? Yeah, it, I think it would be for me, but I expect that to happen. I, I think that we'll see Will Levis in his ADP in in that kind of even potentially mid first range, way too rich for my blood. But I think we'll we'll see him settle into late first range, and I'm just not going to have a lot of shares based on kind of what Matt was saying there. Um, I you know, yeah, I think that the tools are there, but we've seen it time and time again that that's not necessarily enough. I think if you do take him, you're going to have to be patient with him. Same thing with Anthony Richardson for all the reasons Matt stated. I, I love the ceiling on these guys, and I think that's going to be very attractive to a lot of dynasty drafters. But I think you would really need to be patient. If you're trying to compete with those guys in year one, probably year two, you might struggle a little bit to hit the expectations. I think you're looking at something more like year three after these guys have some time, hopefully in the right system with the right coaching, mm-hmm. to develop those tools that they have that's that's what we're kind of hoping to see here in the draft and that's why we had yeah i love talking to you always and and love having matt on here i mean i'm i'm hearing a couple other major podcasts have him all the way up at 104 and i'm just i i'm i'm struggling there you know with with this kind of class um Matt, I'm excited because you know everything that you have going on. I want you to share a little bit more and what we're going to do after this is we're going to do a mini pod for you guys on the patreon of Matt, myself, and John, we're going to go over our 23 and 24 mock draft. We're going to do two rounds and just that way you guys can see where I, I do it a lot on, on my Twitter account is just try to let you guys see where the 22s versus 23s are, where the 23s versus 24s, because there's that line where you start to start working yourself in there start trying to get that 24 capital. So Matt, tell everybody where they can find your work again. And you know, this has been fun. Like every year, Honestly, I feel like we get on here, we have you on, and it feels like five minutes have gone by, and I'm learning stuff, but it's been almost an hour, you know what I mean? You you just, you have this exuberance and, like, just passion for what you do, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, man, it's, it's always fun. You know, Rookie Big Board on uh, YouTube, Rookie Big Board in your, uh, you know, your favorite podcast feed, and again, you know, Rookie Big Board, patreon.com slash Rookie Big Board. It's awesome, man. Just if nothing else, it's worth it just to jump into the Discord. Like we're talking these prospects every day. We're talking about trade value. We have an on-the-clock channel, so we're always getting asked, you know, I'm on the clock now. What pick should I make depending on what's happening in my draft? And, you know, uh, in mid-March, we're dropping a 100-plus page rookie guide, full player profiles on all these guys that we've been talking about, plus a lot more uh, with ADP in there, you know, with a lot of uh, – a draft strategy in there as well. So again, man, like three bucks a month, that's what gets you access to it. So I, I, you know, I think it's well worth it. And if you're a sicko like us listening to this full podcast, breaking down rookies, we're doing it year round, right? And the process is year round. The best way to get good at it is to start early. So I think that's a good spot to be in my opinion. Cheaper than than a cup of coffee, man. That's a great deal. Go out and get that. Thanks again for tuning in guys and enjoy the process.
All right, I'm gonna send you guys a link, and I'm excited just.